expanding the Nerdosphere, talking on everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Well, I think it was New York Comic Con when we first found out about Suicide Squad's Most Wanted, Deadshot, and Katana Number 1. And one of the things that definitely got me personally excited was this guy being in bro- involved in the project, Brian Bruce Salato. Brian, how are you doing today? I am doing all right. I can't complain. How are so, you? We're doing good, man. So what's it been like since the whole, you know, of course the comic came out this week. So what has it been like so far just leading up to it? You know, we've been chugging along, you know, we're actually, you know, deep in issue four, so uh, we've had our heads down, so, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of uh, what we've done so far. Issue one, I think, is really good, and issue two is one of the best issues I think that I've ever done, so. Well, that's high praise coming from your your work, too, let me tell you, and of course, this is going to be a six-part series, and the first part, of course, focuses on Deadshot, which is your part, and he's very much driven by his past, but this is definitely a little darker in the story for Deadshot. So for you, what made this such an interesting aspect of his story to tell in this first issue? Well, I mean, I think any good story is a personal story. And, uh, you know, with Floyd, he has a very interesting past. And um, I know that there have been sort of conflicting pasts uh, with Floyd in the New 52. And then, you know, sort of the old one that harkens back to, you know, the more classic Deadshot. And so uh, in talking with Dan, you know, we wanted to come up with something um, that's uh, keyed into uh, sort of the dead shot that everyone knows and loves. And uh, so I think we found a very creative way of doing that and, and really exploring his family and where he came from and why he's a man who is not afraid of death. And I love that, you know, you mentioned the whole family aspect and just this whole background because at the end of the first issue, there's a, there's a major twist. I'm not going to say what it is, but it involves his personal life as a writer, what makes a twist both interesting to read and also write? That's tough because I think, you know, any character, if you take the time to understand them, can be interesting to write. Uh, you know, some are more challenging than others. Some stories just naturally flow out of, uh, you know, out of you more easily. I think in Floyd's case, uh, I mean, the fact that he is pretty much the most deadly assassin and the fact that he has this death wish and he, uh, you know... In my mind, I think that, you know, he takes a lot of chances and he'll jump into the fire uh, because in in some ways uh, he wouldn't mind if if, uh, he took a bullet. Like, he's willing to die because Mm -hmm. uh, really all he has uh, to live for in his life is that one shot. So, you know, he he lived a dark life. He's, I don't think he's a happy dude. And, you know, uh, I don't know who wouldn't want to write about somebody like that. Absolutely. And speaking of not wanting to spoil anything, we were actually introduced to another character in the middle of the story. We, I don't know if we if readers know about him yet, so we won't actually spoil that so they can actually read that in the issue that's out today. But there seems to be more going on with him meets the eye, and with Amanda Waller involved, that should be no surprise. But will those motives sort of start to reveal themselves more at some point the story goes on? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, issue two, uh, you'll see... Uh you'll see the unfold and issue three kind of comes to a head. Um, so, you know, uh, the new character obviously has his own agenda and I think, you know, he's got Amanda Waller behind him. So, uh, he's going to make life difficult <laughs> for Floyd. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Big Doesn't surprise she, with Waller. Being yeah. Involved. Right. Doesn't she like make everybody's life a living hell somehow, some way. 
Yeah, man, someone could give her a bullet, man, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'll have that opportunity. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, he, honestly, in, in like early versions, I was like, "Can I shoot her?" Well, I was gonna ask you, I'm like, how, like, you know, how, like, when you're writing, I'm like, especially for Waller, like, how, how often are you kind of like, I want to kill her, I want to kill her, oh, I can't do it, I just can't do it. Like, you know, you have the, the the power to, but you know, you just can't do it though. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a soldier in the DC machine, so it's not like I can make that call. But uh, right, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's that often that you find somebody who's supposed to be on the hero side that's just going, you know, put a bullet. I mean, I think in in Walking Dead, I'd love to kill Carl. He gets on my nerves. Oh yeah, uh, that's where <laughs> the only other case uh, that I could think of somebody who's supposed to be on the the good guy side who I wouldn't mind to eat a bullet. That's going to be a long line in the DC writer's room if anybody ever makes that decision. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they won't have you show it yourself, Jake, so that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the comic, Brian. Uh, in the beginning of the issue, we see Deadshot go after a, a drug cartel in a very vicious way. It's, it's totally awesome th- through and through. Uh, when can we expect to see the repercussions of his actions that we see because of what he does with the cartel in that scene especially? Well, I mean, uh, there, there is an ongoing plot. I mean, it's kind of, it becomes the B-plot for the, you know, for the story. Uh-huh. Um, that story evolves, but I got to say, you know, he was pretty efficient <laughs> in, that, in that first uh, in that first action sequence. So um, there may not be anybody left by the time, uh, you know, the story is over. So I, I don't know what kind of repercussions he's going to have. That's going to be very interesting as the story goes on, To Of course, we're talking to Brian Bussolato from DC's Suicide Squad, Most Wanted, Deadshot, and Katana Number 1. As of the time you're hearing this, the issue is available at your local comic book shops and available digitally. Now, Brian, we've followed your work for a long time. Of course, your work with Injustice Gods Among Us, which has been fantastic. So you've gotten to deal with a lot of characters in the DC universe. So if you could take another member of the Suicide Squad to write a solo story for, kind of like you're doing here, who would you choose and why would you choose that person? Wow. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cop-out to say Harley, but Harley's pretty awesome. I, I have a ton of fun writing her in, uh, in Justice. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of complexity to her. So she'd be pretty close to the top of the list. I hate Boomerang. Uh, he, you know, Captain Boomerang, I hate, so I would make her right hand. Uh, I would put a bullet in him as well. <laughs> um, uh, Diablo might be interesting. Uh, you know, I think it's tough because, you know, the other, some of these other characters are a little bit more B-level characters, and so it's kind of hard to to support a series with them, you know. But uh, uh, I think you yeah, have Diablo. I'm going to go with Diablo. What is it about Boomerang that you just don't like? Uh, Captain Boomerang? Yeah. He's got the world's worst outfit. And that's <laughs> one. And two, I have an aversion to writing... Uh, writing accents because I think they just it's weird when you actually have to write the you know the colloquialisms and the you know the hyphenated words and uh, I'm not a fan of that at all well you've spent some time as a colorist too so I'm sure you're forever a colorist on a suicide squad book you get to that page with boomerang and you go oh I don't want to color this lousy outfit <laughs> yeah I mean I've had to color them before for other stuff and, oh. and uh, yeah I'm not, not a fan all the little <laughs> tiny little boomerangs <laughs> they like pajamas, first of all, and you know, no guy who thinks he's a badass could go out with pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> 
the footy pajama onesie just doesn't say badass to anybody else. No, I think if you had footies and you were like a real badass, then then you kind of get my respect. You just get like a pajama top. You know what I mean? That's like badass. And it's even worse if you've got the onesie footy pajamas with the butt flap in the back with the two buttons. <laughs> I, I think that every hero should have a butt slap because you don't even know when the next time you're going to have to go or change out of your costume. So hey, hey, you're standard issue. Hey, you're out in the field, man. You do what you got to do. You got to have that option. That's right. Keep your eye on the prize. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, before we get you out of here, man, where can people find you on the on the internet? Uh, on the internet, uh, I'm on Twitter, Brian Booch. It's spelled phonetically B R I A N. B-O-O-C-H, and on Twitter, and I'm also on Facebook. Well, we're definitely looking forward. If you haven't read it yet, guys, trust me, this comic is what you want to read. Part one done by Brian Bussolato, DC's Suicide Squad, Most Wanted, Deadshot, Katana, number one, in stores right now, and available digitally. Brian, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us today. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Well, we just got done talking to Brian Bussolato, who, of course, did the Deadshot portion of Suicide Squad's Most Wanted, but now... Time to move on to part two, and not just the writer for the Katana series, the second part, but also the co-creator of the character herself, it's Mike Barr. Mike, how you doing today? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I asked Brian this question before, but what's it been like for you, you know, prior to this comic book coming out and just working with Katana again? Well, it's great. Uh, to me, the Outsiders uh, characters are basically like... Uh, like old friends because I've known them for so long. They're, they're, it's hard to believe that they're thir- that they're uh, basically 33 years old this year. Uh, wow! Yeah. yeah, really. So, uh, so it's and it's it's just a real pleasure always to to come back to any of them because I know them so well. Definitely, and like you said, it was back in 1983 that you created Katana, of course, in Brave and the Bold, number 200. The character's come such a long way since then. I mean, animated portrayals, we've seen her on Arrow now, and of course the upcoming Suicide Squad movie that's going to be coming out. So did you ever imagine that she would kind of gain this much notoriety and popularity as a character? I always felt that she probably deserved that kind of notoriety, but I didn't know that I ever believed she would ever actually uh, achieve it. Uh, but it's good to see, and and even though it, it, it's odd because it's kind of as we discussed, it's kind of like 33 years after the character was created, which is perhaps uh, uh, a little longer than I expected. But it's great to see it all happening now. Yeah, she paid her dues for sure. There's no question about that. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. As I've mentioned, uh, also Katana, there's also a uh, a version of Katana on the DC Superhero Girls website. Yes, and there's a character, and and there's a version of the character in the. Uh, that is licensed under the DC Bombshells uh, uh, franchise, too. Oh, that's fantastic. It's like Katana by the carload, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so cool when you see characters like Katana like finally get that, that notoriety and just that that love from just not just from like publishers and even now film studios, but just the fans overall. So like, you know, when you go like to comic conventions and stuff like that, what is it like? You know, what's your experience like? Uh, well, I haven't had a lot of, uh, I haven't been to a lot of conventions since that, since it was announced that Katana was going to be in the movie, but I will be doing some conventions this summer and I hope to, and I hope to talk to a lot of people about their reaction to the character. From what I've seen of the screen portrayal of Katana, she looks really good and she looks very deadly, very, uh, badass, I guess you could say. And, uh, it's very exciting to see, to see, uh, uh, a, uh, a live action version of the character. 
Definitely, and of course, you know, we're talking about DC's Suicide Squad Most Wanted, Deadshot and Katana Number 1, with Mike Barr. Issue is available as you're hearing this right now, your local comic book shops, and digitally on DCComics.com. So, Mike, I gotta ask you, Katana seems to be facing some overwhelming tasks in this issue, and she keeps pressing on, even though she knows she's outnumbered. So, take a little bit of time to talk about what's kind of driving her in this particular issue. Uh, well, basically, what's driving Katana is uh, almost what's always driving her is that she, she Katana always has her own agenda, but there always seems to be something getting in the way of accomplishing that. And so she just keeps trying to, she just keeps sort of uh, uh, keeping on trying to, uh, trying to work out what she wants to happen against all odds. Uh, this time she runs into a, 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 an invasion of an entire country by the, by the villain Cobra and tries to marshal some local forces to, uh, to fight him. And Mike, I, you brought up Cobra, so I got to ask you. It's been a while since we've seen Cobra play a role in a, in a comic or a series. So, what are some of the hurdles and, and even joys that come with reintroducing certain characters and groups that readers may not be accustomed to reading about? Well, you have to make sure, if anything, uh, that, 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 the, that the readers are that, that you tell the readers who the characters are and what they can do. That sounds pretty fundamental, but I, I, I read a lot of comics nowadays where you just kind of drop in the middle of the story where the writer seems to assume that you're going to know who these characters are. And I always find that very frustrating since I often don't know who the characters are. So I try to to do that sort of painless exposition sort of way. Now, I think you actually did a good job with that in this particular issue as well, especially with the characters, like you said, she kind of recruits the army kind of around her and she finds a particular doctor who she went there to actually go see and find some, some find something out about and we won't spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it yet but talk about the difficulties there of actually taking characters like that and being able to quickly in a basically 20 page story let people know who these characters are and why they're important in this story it's something i guess you'll learn to do over the years it's a skill like anything else you get better at it the more you do it and certainly i'm better at it now than i used to be so it's uh it's also sort of an uh, an art form, in a way, you uh, to make that to, to 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 give that kind of exposition in a in a painless way without making the reader think that he's being lectured to. Uh, and I, I've always found that. Uh, well, I, I, and I uh, I think I find a pretty good way to do it. This issue with uh, two or three of the separate characters, including Cobra, who has been around, uh, of course, for for a while and has even been around in DC lately, but not fighting past the DC DC characters. And, you know, I want to mention that the whole, you know, the first issue, which is out now, and here's the thing, is that the series we see with Katana, she's playing a role of also like a liberator as well. Will we see that kind of decision weigh on her mentally as the series progresses? Because it is such a huge task to have to liberate and kind of save a country. Well, it is, yes. And uh, as you'll see in the first issue, it's not something that she takes to right away. Her basic attitude when she learns that she's in, in, in this... Uh, in this entire war situation is I'm going to get out of here as fast as I can, but it never, but it doesn't, it doesn't turn out that way. So Katana sort of forced uh, against her better judgment, but not, I guess you could say against her conscience to try to, uh, to try to help the people in this situation. It's been such a great first issue, and I, I love that it was broken up into two parts, but I can't help but wonder, and maybe you'll have some insight on this, or maybe tell us what you think. Would you like to, by kind of the end of the story, towards the end of the story, see Deadshot and Katana maybe have their paths cross a little bit towards the end? Uh, well, the Suicide Squad will appear in the Katana series, yes. The two series don't really cross over, per se, but they do. Uh, but the Suicide Squad will be in the Katana series, yes. 
That's really, really awesome. Like, of course, we're talking about Mike Barr of DC Suicide Squad Most Wanted. Mike, where can people find out more about yourself and your work? I'm on DC's website as some kind of a contributor, and uh, I guess if you Google me, there's, uh, there's a Wikipedia page as well. And there's a lot on that Wikipedia page. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff, even some stuff with Batman the Animated Series, a lot in the comics world, the Detective Comics, Batman the Outsiders. I know I've got plenty of your issues bagged and boarded in my collection as well. It's Mike Barr, writer for Deadshot and Katana's Suicide Squad Most Wanted and co-creator of Katana as well. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us this week. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You know, James, it's pretty cool seeing characters like Deadshot and Katana, people who are more of an ensemble cast members, get their own stories and books and kind of get an expanded role in the well, in the nerd community and also in the comics world as well. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, these characters, they're, let's face it, they're hot right now, too. I mean, we've got this, like I was saying earlier, the Suicide Squad movie coming out. We've, we've had Katana and Deadshot both on Arrow as well. And I know that Katana had a short run series not too long ago, and we've seen one shots here and there, but never anything like this. And I love the fact that they decided to spotlight these two particular characters because I think they both have very interesting stories and it was very interesting talking to the writers for both. Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, you learn about like, you know, for example, for Deadshot, you know, we were talking to Brian, it was just a whole, you know, everything that's going on with with his world and how Katana, like I said, when we were reading this, this book, the stories are so totally different. And, you know, and they're set, in, of course, in different places and everything else, but they're both really good in their own ways, where Deadshot's more, I would see it as fast-paced, intense kind of thing, and Katana's more, you know, uh, world-building and just really does a great job, they both do, of pretty much setting a, a playground or in a world that these two can be in that really reflects both their characteristics and just the great writing overall. No doubt about it. Not, and how often do you get to talk to the creator of a character that's been around for, what, 36 years now? Oh, yeah, and, and over 30 33 years. Year, definitely over 30 <clears throat> years. Uh, 33 years. There we 33. Go. So how often do you get to do that? So getting to talk to Mike Barr about Katana, a character that he created and is now seeing come to such fruition and just all over the media, that's got to be quite a thrill for him. And it was really cool to be able to talk to him about that too. Well, exactly. I mean, Katana is one of those characters where I'm actually excited that she's getting a little bit more, uh, you know, being shown a lot more in, in both like t- television with Arrow and now with the Suicide Squad movie and even now with this comic. Because I gotta, I'm not going to lie, dude. She's got literally one of the coolest weapons ever. I mean, oh, a no sword. Doubt. I mean, you know, Wolverine's got his claws. This per- you know, Arrow's got, Green Arrow's got his, his arrows. But. She has a sword that traps souls of everybody it kills. Yeah, the soul taker. I mean, come on. Yeah. If, if you don't think that's a cool weapon, you're not doing it right. It not only doubles as a awesome weapon, but also doubles as a really cool like finishing move for the Undertaker. Oh, no doubt about <laughs> it. So, <laughs> hey, you never know. The Undertaker's had his own comic before too. You oh my know. God, King! She just slashed <laughs> him with a soul taker. Oh my God! <laughs> it's pandemonium. I'll oh be my honest. God. I'll be honest. I'm surprised they haven't done that. <laughs> really surprised. Right. That's, I mean, again, it's really awesome. Again, thanks to DC and everybody over there for helping us put this together. And, uh, you know, to the writers, it was amazing having them on. But that's going to do it for the special edition 
of the Down Nerdy Podcast. Again, our regular show will be airing this coming Friday at 1 o'clock, as always. Again, thanks to DC and everybody involved. and It was a lot of fun. Again, go pick up this book because it is a really, really good book, and you get 40 pages worth of content, and it's just it's characters that you're really refreshed to see get a world built upon. And again, you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash downnerdy. You can also hit us up on Twitter at downnerdy757. I'm at Merck with one arm, Mr. Witham. I'm at James Ace Witham. That's W-I-T-H-A-M. And don't forget our website because we've got a ton of stuff going on. Go to downandnerdypodcast.com. You'll find everything right there from this week's show to the special editions to a couple of extra comics that Nick and I read every week from all sorts of different publishers. So what Nick's reading, what I'm reading, both up there, downandnerdypodcast.com. And with that, I leave you with the words I say every week, nerds. Pray safe comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics.